The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time for your best legal defense with your host, Lonnie McDowell. This could be the most important hour of your entire week. Our program discusses the criminal defense and legal system and what it can mean to you. Lonnie and his guest experts will discuss cases that are groundbreaking and important to today's law and court system, from arrest to bail. We know you have questions about the law, and we're here to answer those too. Now, here's trial attorney and host, Lonnie McDowell. Morning. Welcome to the show. Um, Back on October 2nd, 1995, a verdict of not guilty was reached on a widely followed and publicized trial. The next day, Ornthal James Simpson was acquitted of a dual homicide in which he was accused of brutally stabbing his wife and her friend to death. This trial caused a racial stance between minorities with large uh, portions of the white population thinking OJ was guilty and blacks thinking that he was innocent. Today, majorities of both races believe that he was guilty. But people often forget that the true context of the 1994-95 saga had a large impact on our laws today. And these basically, uh, what I'm referring to, are the prevalent of domestic violence laws that have uh, been enacted since and because of uh, the O.J. Simpson trial. This is called the trial of the century. And it was more than just about a former athlete um, who was uh, a jealous husband. It was a story of years and years of abuse that went unanswered. Because of that abuse and the failures of not only the police, but Nicole's friends, her family, and uh, her acquaintances in intervening in these years of abuse, Domestic violence laws in the United States uh, were enacted, um, most notably the Violence Against Women's Act. This is, domestic violence is no longer viewed as just a family matter uh, because of the Violence Against Women Act. Murder rates, uh, according to the DOJ, have fallen 53% uh, because convicted domestic violence offenders are no longer able to own guns. But these laws today are becoming abused and misused. It's become a one-size-fits-all way of dealing with what used to be just a family matter. Uh, We've realized that this is now a societal problem. But once you're caught up in the criminal justice system, domestic violence laws take on their own life. I've done a lot of uh, domestic violence cases uh, over the years and represented uh, many people of various degrees of culpability. Uh, Today, um, 
a little break from our normal uh, format where I have an expert in, I have actually a former client who we're going to refer to as John uh, throughout the show, uh, who about a year ago was accused of domestic violence. And I want to talk to John today about how the criminal justice system treated him, what his experiences were, and give some commentary on just exactly how these laws are being uh, abused. And I think in John's case, uh, the district attorney's office did go uh, overboard. So without further ado, uh, John, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Lonnie. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. Good. I want to thank you uh, for coming in and uh, going to share with us uh, your story. Um, I know you felt uh, that uh, while you did admit that, that there was some incidents that occurred, uh, you felt that uh, you were abused on several um, aspects by the criminal justice system. So just to set the stage, I, I want to get into a little bit of what was the background of the incident that uh, led to uh, the criminal case? Well, the background of the incident was um, uh, quite simple, but quite complicated, as a matter of fact. Uh, uh, my wife and I uh, married uh, 18 years, uh, a nice long-term relationship, never had any issues of violence, never had any issues of abuse um, or anything of that nature. Right. And you've never had a, a, a criminal history. You had no, no priors and there were no calls to the residents regarding incidents of either arguing or domestic violence prior? No, nothing of any nature, of any sort of anything of that nature. Um, I, uh, the incident that occurred was a one-off incident. I was uh, out on a business trip, uh, came back, and came home to find out that uh, my father had fallen ill, um, uh, that I, I was unaware because I was out of the country. And uh, it was kind of a, a slurry of events that happened almost instantaneously for me. So I, I literally had come home, walk in the door, find out my dad had fallen ill. Uh, almost sequentially, I find out that my older son uh, was using drugs. And then immediately find out that there's some extra stuff going on with my wife. And I didn't know how to handle it. It was one of the things that was a compounding effect of so many things that happened in life. Um, mentally, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I, my mind went just blank. I mean, I, my dad almost died. My son's using drugs and, you know, like, what do you do? How do you handle that kind of stress? How do you handle that kind of situation? And although what happened is inexcusable, uh, I don't, I, I you know, um, I, <laughs> I reacted. Right. And there were no, uh, there was no warning to any, any of these things happen. I mean, you hadn't known that your father was ill uh, to the extent he was prior to this. You had been unaware that your son was using drugs. Uh, and, you know, your wife and you, uh, prior to you going on your uh, business trip, had a, you know, what you thought was a, um, a good relationship. Correct. Yeah. Everything was fine. I mean, I had no idea. I was clueless. Right. 
So this came as, it came as, as a big shock and, and a very huge stressor at that particular point in time. Gigantic. Right. Gigantic. It was like a, a bombshell. Okay. And these stressors all occurred within, I, I think, if I remember, like a 12 to 24-hour period. 24 hours. Right. Okay. So what happened? Um, I, I found text messages, and I lost it. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, it was denial, and I just, there, you know, I, I had suspicions of something, and I just confirmed it. And after confirming it, I, I just, I, I didn't even know what to do with it. I didn't know how to handle it. Um, I, 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 I did something I should never have done, which was put my hands on my wife. Okay. Uh, getting back to you found text messages. These were of an extramarital affair mm -hmm. that, was, that was happening. Mm -hmm. uh, how long had that been going on? It appeared that it had been going on for quite some time. And I was just oblivious to the fact. Right. Okay. And like, <clears throat> like you said, um, I mean, obviously no one, no one here is advocating that domestic violence is fine. Uh, it is unacceptable. Uh, and you realize that. I absolutely do. But this was out of a, a moment of uh, passion, desperation, confusion. Uh, yeah, it was a moment that I don't even know how to um, quantify, I guess would be the best way to describe it. it would, there was so much emotion involved in my mind, so much emotion in my heart, that I I couldn't even control essentially what to do um, there was no way for me to um, there was no way for me to react right you know there was there was no way for me to even know how to react with the compounding factors that were involved right and and this is a lot of the cases that that I have handled this tends to be a um, I don't want to say general theme, but it, it happens more often that this is the case, at least with the cases that, that I've dealt with, uh, where there's never been a history of, a, uh, of abuse or any previous uh, domestic violence uh, allegations. Uh, and it's just, and, you know, it can go the other way where, where the wife is actually the perpetrator also. Um, and in, for whatever reason, whatever the stressors are at that particular time, people just in that moment kind of snap. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's exactly what happened in your case. Basically, yes. Right. Okay. But this, this, didn't, this incident didn't um, uh, get to a truly violent uh, incident. I mean, there were no cuts, there were no. no bruises, there was, there was no bone breaking. No. This was basically no. kind of a shoving match and you know, breaking a few items around right. the house. <laughs> it was more, it was, yes, it was, I threw some stuff off of the shelf, uh, from the dresser. It was, you know, I threw the blankets off of the bed. Um, right. I, I think I actually, uh, uh, threw a pillow at her. Right. And you tore up some clothing. <laughs> yeah, I tore up some clothing and right. stuff like that. Um, right. So, so, I mean, this, this wasn't the, you know, Nicole Brown, uh, Simpson, where we all, 
I'm sure remember the photos of, of just her like bruised and swollen and, no, and disfigured nothing, face nothing, nothing because like you know of, of the abuse that she was suffering and suffered for years. And this was a little bit of shoving. You know, again, you know, we're not saying that that's acceptable, but we're not talking about a level of domestic violence here that goes anywhere near the OJ. This no. is this is basically. Uh, you know, some throwing of things, breaking of things. Uh, you know, there's no, you know, hospital involved. No, and, no. And I think that that's one thing that, that when people hear the term domestic violence, you know, um, especially with juries and things where, where I've dealt with, with it, is, is showing the jury that domestic violence doesn't mean broken bones. Um, it today covers a wide uh, range of, of behavior or incidents. Uh, from a simple just shoving someone out of your way um, to, you know, breaking things, uh, even verbal threats of, of, you know, you know, next time I, I'm going to hit you or what, whatever is now called uh, terrorist threats. So uh, there's a whole wide range of things that, that are now criminalized under domestic violence laws, uh, which never used to be. Uh, and this is what I find the majority of my clients, such as yourself, who come to me, uh, are involved in. Um, and it's not this this great, um, you know, uh, abuse or pattern of abuse. Um, it's interesting you say that, Lonnie. I, as a part of my reprimand, uh, I have a anger management program that right. I must attend. And, uh, you know, uh, that's not reveal anything. You know, it's not my, my way, my, my right. right. But, uh, you know, uh, there's a, a person who um, threw an, uh, an inanimate object. I mean, we're talking something so small and insignificant at his mm -hmm. wife uh, in, in an argument that they had. And it left a mark on her wrist. And she didn't think anything of it. And a few days later, she went in for her immunizations to go see her doctor. And it was no big deal. It was just an argument her and her husband had. And apparently they had been together since they were little kids. Right. And, and they're now, you know, in their 30s or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. And the doctor saw the mark on her arm and said, what is that? And, oh, yeah, it was no big deal, you know, uh, husband and I. And the doctor called, called police and he is now dealing with the system. He right. spent 30 days in jail. He is subject to serving so many things. I mean, I just could not believe listening to his story right. that the system failed him so badly and her and he actually can't even see his wife right. and kids right and i want i want to talk to you about some of the consequences of, of what happens when a domestic violence uh accusation is is made uh we're going to take a quick commercial break and when we come back i want to get a little bit more into to that all right no problem okay The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Have you been arrested? Is someone you love in a legal jam? Don't get advice from just anyone. Call the criminal defense experts at McDowell & Associates. Attorneys. McDowell & Associates has over 20 years of legal experience. The National Trial Lawyers Association named us one of the top 100 California criminal defense trial attorneys for two years in a row. 
We know that sometimes good people just make bad mistakes. We know the system, and we know how to fight for you. We know what the prosecutors will do. We know their weaknesses, and we'll do everything at our disposal to get you the best possible outcome. Your case will receive the personalized attention it deserves. McDowell and Associates, attorneys, has the experience and the skill to make sure you or the ones you love receive the best legal defense and strategy. Call 213-401-2322 or visit mcdowelldefense.com. That's 213-401-2322 or mcdowelldefense.com. Se habla espanol. When your future is on the line, your future is our business. Call us at 213-401-2322. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is your best legal defense with Lonnie McDowell. If you have a question for the host or guest, we're ready to take your call at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. 472-5788. Be sure to tell the screener if you need to remain anonymous with your question. You may also send an email to radio show at mcdowelldefense.com. Now, back to the show. Oh, welcome back. This is your best legal defense. I'm Lonnie McDowell, and I'm speaking with my guest today, uh, a former client of mine. Uh, we're going to call him John for today. And prior to the commercial, uh, we were talking about uh, his... Uh, involvement with the criminal justice system on a domestic violence charge. Um, and, you know, John, prior t- uh, to the commercial, you were saying, um, you know, about someone in your anger management class, uh, how it was a very minor uh, offense, um, as the criminal justice uh, system has defined it, that led to all of these ramifications. And this is one thing that, that you know, again, I have found with a lot of potential clients and, and some of my clients um, is that minor th- things that never used to be thought of as violence or domestic violence for that matter are now being criminalized and district attorneys are seizing on them. I know one case that I, that I had uh, about the same time as yours uh, last year was a young girl uh, she had been having uh, sex with her boyfriend, and he informed her that he had had unprotected sex with a prostitute. Mm. And she slapped him. Mm. And the neighbor, and this, was, of course, was outside, and the neighbor had seen it and called the police. Wow. This became, this could have ruined her entire life mm. for this one incident, this, this one uh, burst of emotion which only because they had a dating relationship, and, and maybe I should explain to the listeners, uh, domestic violence charges come about for regular types of assault uh, or battery that 
because of a, the intimate relationship between the people, whether it be boyfriend, girlfriend, husband and wife, mother, son, any type of family relationship, also roommates, domestic partners, uh, is falls under a different set of laws now than if I, if the same thing had happened, if, if this girl had gotten into an argument with someone in a bar that she did not know and slapped him or her, it would have been assault. It probably never would have been prosecuted, especially since her boyfriend was like, no, it's okay. You know, this is what happened, whatever. But they went with it in a bar situation or, or you know, fighting, you know, the, uh, comes to mind uh, in the department store over, over an item uh, at Christmas time, mm-hmm. you know, right. it, it would never, never been charged. But now it is. And it's charged much harsher, with much harsher penalties, than if it's a simple assault. The DA now, as as you know in your case, because uh, your wife did not want to cooperate. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did not want prosecution. Right. She felt safe in the house. Correct. Uh, but the DA insisted on going forward. Correct. And unlike most crimes, uh, if the DA does not have a willing uh, victim or witness uh, will not go forward. Uh, it just kind of disappears. It's like they don't want to press charges. Well, then, unless it's very serious, uh, they may proceed. But on something minor like this, they would never proceed if you and your wife had not been married. Right. Uh, and I think you found that out to, right. to, to be the case. And the penalties are so much harsher. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a simple assault, they you'd get a summary probation, maybe a little bit of community service if it even was prosecuted, right. and you'd be on your way. However, that's not the case with domestic violence. Correct. It, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about the, the, the penalties? Well, um, in my situation, personally, um, I have several hundred hours of community service. Um, right. And I, I, I think I, the, the number is over 300 over, hours. Over 300 hours right. of community service that I have to produce, uh, which is just ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I'm on uh, uh, search and seizure probation uh, for three years, okay. I believe. Right. And, and which for the, for the listeners, search and seizure conditions mean uh, we have with the Fourth Amendment, a right to be secure in our person and, and things, which is, you know, a search. Uh, but when you have search and seizure conditions, it means any officer can, police officer can stop you and search you without your consent or without having probable cause or even suspicion that a crime has occurred. You could be walking down the street and if the officer knows that you have search and seizure conditions, can walk up to you and just search you at any time of day, any place. Yes. Right. And that to me was one of my biggest things that I had because the last thing I want is to be driving down the street with my children and for whatever reason, just get, if I make a mistake, get pulled over and and if I uh, end up, you know, they, they, you know, I have to tell them. And uh, they decide that they want to search. And now my kids are sitting outside the car and they're dealing with all of this. I mean, we've already dealt with the embarrassment of the whole situation. We're just trying to move on. And again, it's just a, a continued uh, knife in the back or this, this, this continued reminder 
of, of a moment in our life that we are trying to move past that the judicial system simply will not let us move past. Right. And, and let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the family <clears throat> impact. Uh, going back to, to uh, now you entered a plea. We mm -hmm. worked out a negotiation with the district attorney. Uh, you got no jail time on Correct. this. But it started out as they wanted yes. uh, quite a big chunk of jail time yes. for, for this, this incident. Um, and luckily we got a district, district attorney <laughs> who, who was a little more uh, reasonable than the first one we had. Yes. Uh, and we won't mention any names on her, but uh, we worked out, we worked out a negotiation, uh, which does seem harsh considering what actually happened. Uh, and again, I, I am not saying that, that any level of domestic abuse is uh, acceptable. Uh, I just think that we've gone a little bit overboard on how we are dealing with it. And we are making uh, criminals out of uh, persons that normally wouldn't be. Uh, obviously, there are instances where the full weight of the justice system should come down on someone Absolutely. Uh, for the actions they've done. And then there's other times that it shouldn't. And uh, because of the... Uh, well, one of the big reasons uh, that domestic violence laws have gotten so, uh, you know, harsh is starting with OJ um, and just, you know, the DA at the time of the trial in 1995, it compiled a list of over 62 incidents of where Nicole had been the subject of domestic abuse that were able to be documented either by friends who had witnessed it or had, or had seen her shortly thereafter or her calls to 911 or the police arriving there. And it was just a failure, complete failure for her. Um, and then there's other been uh, high-profile cases, Ray Rice, uh, you know, the elevator, things of that sort. But again, that's not what this case uh, was about. It, it certainly was <clears throat> nowhere near that level. But one of the... Uh, things that happen a lot in these cases is that the DA will proceed whether they have a complaining witness or not. Uh, in this case, your wife, Correct. who did not want to cooperate. Correct. Now, part of the reason for that is, is you know, his, uh, you know, history has shown that a lot of women will call the police and report domestic violence, but then recant. They'll change their minds. Uh, and there are a lot of reasons for that. One, they're worried about, you know, now they've made the person even angrier and, and, and you know, their beatings are going to be worse. Or the, the husband is the sole provider for the family. Well, if he's in jail, what, what am I going to do? How am I going to feed my kids? How do I keep my apartment? So there were a lot of reasons why women recanted. And the DAs now go forward, whether they have it or not. But they also tend to abuse, shall we say, victims that don't want to cooperate. And I think that was the case with your wife. It definitely was. Okay. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how that all unfolded and played out? Well, I'll tell you, the DA definitely pushed my wife into the situation. Uh, they contacted her and were trying to push her into um, testifying against me. 
they were actually harassing her almost to a point um, of constantly calling her. Right. And even after you, your wife actually called me. Correct. And asked me to intervene. And even after I spoke to the district attorney and her uh, investigator, they still came out. That and is they correct. still they came to her job. Yes, they did. So now they've embarrassed her at her work. That's correct. They sent uh, investigators to where you live. That's correct. So neighbors and things were now aware or at least where something was going on. Exactly. Maybe not exactly what was going on. Yes. Uh, they also uh, appointed, if I... Uh, you recall a uh, victim's advocate that is correct who again continuously called your wife yes to the point where your wife i think i must have had five or six calls from your wife mm -hmm. complaining about this person yes i would call them and it would make no difference right. they would show up at court yes. and 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 pull her out in the, in the hall yes actually and, walked her to her car after my wife said i'm okay i don't need any assistance i, I i'm i'm not testifying against him i just want my family back Right. specifically, and, and the lady stood there, just stood there silently until an opportunity presented for her to regain conversation with her again. Well, and that was after I had spoken to her and said, Correct. said your wife does not want to speak with you. Yes. Um, she's fine. Okay. Yes. She walked away until I walked away. Correct. And then I found out later when your wife called me, yes. she came out to me all the way to the car. Exactly. So, uh, again, and now, in my opinion, that's kind of them abusing the, the, yes. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about that and you know what happened with the court mm -hmm. and you and your wife. Uh, when we come back, uh, sure. we're going to take another short little commercial here, and uh, we'll be right back. Okay. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in each week for Monica Phillips and powerful conversations. This is a thought provoking show for business people, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We'll feature today's thought leaders and industry trendsetters from across several locations and industries. Give yourself permission to be inspired and live a fulfilling life. Be sure to listen to Powerful Conversations, live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you been arrested? Is someone you love in a legal jam? Don't get advice from just anyone. Call the criminal defense experts at McDowell & Associates. Attorneys. McDowell & Associates has over 20 years of legal experience. The National Trial Lawyers Association named us one of the top 100 California criminal defense trial attorneys for two years in a row. We know that sometimes good people just make bad mistakes. We know the system, and we know how to fight for you. We know what the prosecutors will do. We know their weaknesses, and we'll do everything at our disposal to get you the best possible outcome. Your case will receive the personalized attention it deserves. McDowell & Associates, attorneys, has the experience and the skill to make sure you or the ones you love receive the best legal defense and strategy. Call 213-401-2322 or visit mcdowelldefense.com. That's 213-401-2322 or mcdowelldefense.com. Se habla espanol. When your future is on the line, your future is our business. Call us at 213-401-2322. Streaming live. 
the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. This is your best legal defense with Lonnie McDowell. If you have a question for the host or guest, we're ready to take your call at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Be sure to tell the screener if you need to remain anonymous with your question. You may also send an email to radio show at mcdowelldefense.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. This is your best legal defense. I am speaking with uh, a former client of mine, John, who uh, had uh, well, took a plea on a domestic violence charge after an argument with his wife. And we're discussing uh, some of the ramifications and, and what went on. And during the break, we were, we were kind of having a little side, side chat about how the first DA in your case uh, looked at the case and treated not only you but your wife horrible right uh you were basic you were guilty until proven innocent oh yeah and she didn't care what your wife actually told her no actually she twisted a lot of what my wife said right and i remember i also got involved in in a bit of that uh because i had spoken with your wife correct and she told me what happened she talked with the da even after she told the DA she didn't want to talk to her. Mm-hmm. She talked to her because the DA threatened basically what she would do to you if she didn't. Right. Uh, which I found to be unacceptable. And then twisted everything that your wife had said. Right. When she talked to me. Right. Uh, so, uh, but that tends to be what happens in a lot of these cases is the woman will say, or the man, whoever, whoever the alleged victim is, will tell the story, and it gets twisted as it goes forward. Well, the way that she twisted it was actually really interesting, I thought. Um, all she did was ask my wife to the hall and, and just ask my wife. She, she stated the information to my wife and asked, you know, is this what happened? And my wife said, yeah. And then she came back to the courts and said, well, she didn't recant anything. Well, you didn't ask her if she wanted to recant anything. You didn't ask her if she wanted to not say anything. You just asked her if this was the facts of the case. Right. And that was like how she twisted everything around. She didn't give my wife an opportunity to speak. And when my wife and I went home that night, she was like, I can't believe she did that. She was just dumbfounded. Right. And I... And I think that was at the hearing prior to your retaining our firm. You were you were in once before, and I think that's I think it happened it, again. But I think that was the first one. And you know what? I think it may have been. Right. I think that may have been. You're absolutely right. Because uh, that had to do with the restraining order, mm-hmm. which is a common practice. Uh, with any type of allegation of domestic violence, the courts feel that a restraining order is necessary to protect the, the alleged victim from any further violence. Uh, and a lot of times it is. But it's a used as a one-size-fits-all. Anytime there's even a, the slight allegation, uh, all of a sudden there's a restraining order. And a lot of 
at least in the very beginning, these restraining orders are complete stayaways. Yes, and that's what I had online. Right. My order was a stayaway order I couldn't speak to, see, talk to, communicate in any shape or form with my wife or my kids. Right, which, one, is hard on any family, but two, makes, uh, I've had a, a a lot of the, the spouses, the alleged victim, uh, in the case, call me, and can you get a message to, to them, you know, the, the child is sick or they need something, uh, something comes up at home, and there's, the court does not allow you to communicate. Correct. And while you are restrained from contacting them uh, under court penalty of, of contempt of court, Correct. they are not to you. However, even if the other person instigates the contact, if you don't end it immediately, you are in trouble. In trouble. Correct. So the other person can't even call you to say, you know, something's happening. And in your case, there was a lot going on because your father was ill and in the hospital. He was actually at home. Right. Oh, he was at home. At that he time. was at home. He was at home. Right. And so I was, I, what am I going to do? Right. And you weren't allowed to go to the home. Correct. So... All the burden fell on my wife. Right. Uh, who also is working. Correct. And now taking care of, of three children, uh, as well as a, a, a very ill individual. Correct. And, and this was a tremendous strain on her, as I remember. Yes. The right. courts did not care. Right. Um, I think we did get that you could go in as long as she wasn't there uh, yes. eventually to, yes. to uh, take care of your father. But that took took, I think, over two months to, yeah. to get the court to agree. The DA would not agree to right. it. The court overrode the DA on right. that one. Right. Um, so uh, we did get a little uh, headway there. But originally, they even tried to charge these as felonies. Now they were right. redu uh, eventually reduced to misdemeanor right. uh, counts. But there, there were uh, felony uh, vandalism, felony... Uh, Oh, Just yeah. Everything. Yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, and, and even the facts of the case weren't even correct. I mean, she charged me with stuff that was, like, ridiculous. And she just, it, it was almost as if she just really just looked at everything and just threw the book at me. Right. You know? Now, and, and I, I will say that particular DA uh, is kind of known for uh, going, uh, I don't want to say overboard, but... I'll she say thinks. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> I know oh, we've oh. had conversations. I know you will, uh, and we can't say on air what what you've told me. Uh, but she, she tends to think that that any incident is, you know, a precursor to the other person ending up dead. Uh, she thinks any uh, argument that uh, goes. You know, beyond a certain decibel level, whether whether there's physical violence or not, is going to end up in the other person uh, being murdered at some at some point. And statistics do pro prove out that uh, victims of domestic violence, and I'm talking about where there are bruises, there are broken bones, sure. there, there are uh, you know horrible uh, injuries, that there is a, a good percentage that unfortunately do end up in the uh, the uh, other person being either seriously injured or, or murdered. But that's not the case in every case. And, and that's, again, one of my complaints with, with 
the way the domestic violence laws are being administrated today is that it's a one-size-fits-all. It's in your case, okay, there was some shoving. Should you ever put your hands on someone? No, but it, was, it wasn't uh, beating her with a tire iron. Correct. Uh, and the justice system isn't seeing a difference in that these days. Well, my question to you, Lonnie, is who turned the DA into the judge? Well, well, okay, that's that's another conversation. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> that's essentially see, well, see, what happened. And I think what you're you're asking is why does the DA get to make all of these decisions? And it's always been that way. The DA always has had the power to charge. So, by ethical standards, they're only supposed to charge what is the facts dictate. They're not supposed to overcharge. They're not supposed to, which I think happens a lot, is overcharging for the purpose of being able to get a plea deal to something uh, more harsh than, than probably would be warranted. Uh, last week's show, we, we dealt with, with the gang injunction, and, and that's a big tool for the DAs now to charge a gang injunction uh, because it's going to add 10 years. That way they can get a higher... Uh, penalty on the underlying crime if they, well, we'll drop the gang enhancement, but we want four years instead of two years on this. <laughs> so, and, and it's the same way with domestic violence. But going back to, uh, I wanted to, to get, you know, talk a little bit more about the effects of the restraining order, which can be basically a court-ordered divorce. Yes. Okay. And I think that is what for a while anyway, uh, happened in your case. Yes. Right. Because the order is you cannot contact them. Correct. You can't speak. You can't live there. Correct. Uh, you cannot have contact with your children. And these restraining orders are generally issued for three years. Correct. Right. So now for three years, you have no contact with your, your wife. Correct. And how... How would that have affected you? Oh, I honestly, if I if I personally would have been given a a order to not be able to see my wife and my kids for three years, honestly, Lana, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> That's the God's honest truth. My kids and my family are my life. No. For the courts to tell me and to think that they have that that authority to just say. Hey, you know what? You had one incident in 18 years of your life, of your marriage. It doesn't matter that you guys were happy or you had this or there's an incident. It doesn't matter any of this, that. Let's help your marriage. Let's fix your marriage. No, no, no. no. Let's split you up and let's just divorce you. Right. And again, there are times where, where this is absolutely necessary. I agree. Uh, but again, it's one size fits all. Now, you're no longer on that type of restraining order. There is a restraining order, however, in place, but it's a peaceful contact order. Correct. Uh, so we were able to negotiate that. However, the district attorney was dead set against the yes. peaceful contact. Yes. We were able to convince the judge that this was, but your wife had to come in and testify. That's correct. Had to come in. In fact, we did. We asked for the peaceful contact order twice. Yes. The first time your wife came in and testified, and the judge said no. Right. Because she wouldn't override the district attorney. Right. The second time was a little different, and they 
She they actually believed her this time. Right. So that was straightened up, but that isn't the case for everyone. So right. I, there are people that are still under these orders, which for, again, minor offenses, they, uh, the example you gave of someone throwing something and it, and it hit them, right. it, it didn't cut them, it, it, it bruise or whatever. It's the first right. and only time that anything right. like that's happened. Right. And they're on these no-contact restraining right. orders for three years. Correct. Right. So we're going to take another break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about, uh, you had mentioned your anger management class. Yes. And I want to talk to you a little bit about what goes on there. Obviously, you no know, uh, names or anything. Of course. Keep it anonymous. But sure. kind of, does it help? What what's what's the procedure? What goes on? So we'll we'll talk about that when we come. That back. one will be interesting to hear about. Okay. The internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Have you been arrested? Is someone you love in a legal jam? Don't get advice from just anyone. Call the criminal defense experts at McDowell & Associates. Attorneys. McDowell & Associates has over 20 years of legal experience. The National Trial Lawyers Association named us one of the top 100 California criminal defense trial attorneys for two years in a row. We know that sometimes good people just make bad mistakes. We know the system, and we know how to fight for you. We know what the prosecutors will do. We know their weaknesses, and we'll do everything at our disposal to get you the best possible outcome. Your case will receive the personalized attention it deserves. McDowell and Associates, attorneys, has the experience and the skill to make sure you or the ones you love receive the best legal defense and strategy. Call 213-401-2322 or visit McDowellDefense.com. That's 213-401-2322 or mcdowelldefense.com. Se habla espanol. When your future is on the line, your future is our business. Call us at 213-401-2322. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is your best legal defense with Lonnie McDowell. If you have a question for the host or guest, we're ready to take your call at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472-5788. Be sure to tell the screener if you need to remain anonymous with your question. You may also send an email to radio show at mcdowelldefense.com. Now, back to the show. Uh, welcome back. We're here with, with uh, a client of mine, uh, John. We're talking about uh, domestic violence and the impact on the family. 
Uh, we have a couple of questions that I want to get to quickly because I want to talk to John about some of the ramifications of pleading to a domestic violence charge, and especially in the anger management class. But I'll answer two of these real, real uh, quickly. One is called, uh, the listener says, I had a domestic violence misdemeanor uh, back in 2005. I was given 12-month probation. Can I buy a firearm now that it's been 10 years? Uh, the answer to that is no. You, uh, by federal law, unless your gun rights are restored, you cannot own a firearm. The, uh, and your 10 years wouldn't actually be over yet because it was 2005, you were given 12 months probation, so it starts from the day that you are uh, off your probation on, on this type of, of uh, misdemeanor charge. Uh, the other question uh, that I want to answer is, uh, listener states, how many times will the sheriff or whoever attempt to serve an order of protection, which is a restraining order, and is it valid prior to being served? Uh, the answer to that is, if it's a domestic violence restraining order that you're speaking of, you don't actually say what type, uh, the sheriff's going to keep trying until they find you. Uh, there's not a, you know, they try three times and give up. Uh, on civil orders, sometimes they, they'll have a, a limit on the number of times they will try to serve. Uh, but on a domestic violence, and uh, they will find you. Uh, is it valid prior to being served? And the answer to that technically is no. You have to be served because you have to be put on notice that you're being restrained. I say technically for the simple reason you seem to know that there is a restraining order out there waiting to be served upon you. And so you have some type of notice of that now. So, I mean, one, uh, it seems if you contact the person, uh, they'd be able to serve you then. So uh, that probably be defeated. And two, you are on some type of notice. So a, a court could find that uh, you had notice and knew you were not supposed to contact the person. So anyway, so I want to get back to John and we were talking about uh, the ramifications of a domestic violence conviction or plea. And earlier we had talked about uh, a component of the sentence you received, which was 52 weeks of anger management classes. And I'd like to find out what goes on in those classes, uh, what you think about them. Uh, so let's start with there. So, well, so the, uh, the program's actually pretty interesting. I will tell you that I've actually gained a lot of information from the program. Okay. Um, however, program is geared to turning you into believing that you're a monster. Okay, how so? Well, because that's what they tell you. That's what they tell you. They tell you that as a person who is a uh, purveyor of domestic violence, you are a monster. You did something and you are a monster, period. End of story. Those are the terms, those are the words, that's what they say. Okay. Now, I'm familiar with uh, the DUI classes that, that some of my clients have had to take. Uh, I'm not as familiar with the anger management classes and, and what the structure is. So is it similar to, let's say, uh, like what you see on Alcoholics Anonymous? You get up, you tell your story, or you, you sit around and, and you know, 
tell your story and how you feel, or is it more of a lecture, uh, similar to the MAD program, where they're 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 giving you a lecture, showing you uh, videos and things? It's uh, more along the uh, the DUI program or the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous program, okay. wherein you we sit in a group forum. Um, it's, uh, you know, it is broken down, you know, men and women and, you know, we're all separated. Okay. Um, you know, there's men's groups, women's groups and all that stuff. They're all different times, different groups. Um, so, uh, we meet and we, uh, open up individually. We tell our story, we tell our names and it's completely open, completely, you know, protected for everybody. So we discuss our situations, we talk about how we're feeling, what's going on, and then there is an actual program for that day, okay. a topic of discussion for each day. Right, so, um, such as? Uh, uh, like, for example, we talk about uh, how to cope with rage okay. um, or um, how to deal with grief uh, on one week. Um, you know, and so they actually have handouts that they pass to each one of us, and we actually go into that subject. Okay, so they're they're dealing with the stressors that are generally the precursors to an incident of domestic violence. Right. Well, they also it's also about uh, communication. I mean, there's it's a 52 weeks is a significantly different uh, program and courses that happen each time. Okay. So it's about self improvement and it's about personal knowledge and personal improvement as well. So it has some pluses, but the general consensus of it is understanding and recognizing the fact that as a person, you can't be with that other person because you are a monster. Okay. So is there any, uh, now you've done how many, you've done I think 14 or 15? Oh, 14, 15 classes. 15 so far. You haven't done the whole program, so no, you may not no, know. No, got a late start. But are there any, um, is there any assistance for like marriage restoration or no. how to, to uh, you know, make things better at home? Nothing. Okay. I even asked. I asked because that's what I needed. That's what I wanted. My wife and I are one of very few people, very, 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 very few people who actually have the ability to stay together and who actually have the ability to have peaceful contact order, as you very well know. Right. Um, and there is nothing out there. There is no therapists. There's no counseling programs. There's no advocacy groups. There's no court programs. There is nothing out there. However, there's university studies that exist that show that it actually is beneficial for marital couples to go to therapy programs together. Together, right. Post these types of events in particular situations like mine with certain circumstances to benefit right. and how they can help and how they can grow. But the court, the judicial system... And any other advocacy, any other group, nobody wants to recognize it. Nobody wants to do it. Okay. It doesn't well, happen. That's a shame because, you know, as even with the criminal justice system, rehabilitation, giving people the skills to deal with life after an, an incident is very important. Uh, just having them go to a, an AA-type meeting and giving them no tools to cope after they're done with this, this meeting seems like a, a big flaw in the system. Uh, I would love to talk about this further. Uh, I think we both could go on for, for, for quite some time. But they <laughs> only give so. me an hour, uh, and it's uh, just about up. So I want to thank you for coming in and, and sharing. Of course. And, uh, you know, we can maybe uh, work in another segment and talk a little bit more. I'd like to get into more of the restoration uh, of the marriage and, I'd love and, to and be back. things. 
but kind of time's up. So until next week, uh, we'll be uh, discussing more on the criminal justice system and how it affects you. So until next week, uh, take care and be safe. Thank you. Thanks for being with here. Thank you for tuning in this week to your best legal defense. Lonnie McDowell invites you to join him along with another guest expert next Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, enjoy the rest of your weekend and stay safe.